today on Learn Me Something. Green architecture versus floating cities. Hey, uh, welcome to Learn Me Something. This is episode 10. Uh, my name's Josiah, and this is my co-host, Caleb. Hello. 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 <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> Hello. I, th- I, I always do that, too. Uh, so if you haven't listened to this podcast before, it's a competitive teaching podcast, so we each teach each other something, mm-hmm. and we have the listeners vote on who wins and loses, and the loser has to do a punishment each uh, episode. So I, I'm on a three streak, a three win streak. I don't know how you'd say that. Uh, so what did you have to do and why was it so horrible? Because <laughs> I know it was. Yeah, this podcast gets a whole lot less fun when you lose every single episode. So uh, I don't want to lose this one. Um, but the, so I'm doing the punishment actually currently. Um, it was suggested by an Instagram follower who said that for one day, every meal has to be uh, spaghetti that's blended. So that's what I'm doing today. So I've had one so far, and I actually, for the sake of fun, um, brought this mug here that you can now see. So here's what it looks like. It's just like, it's like baby food. It's just mush. It's so gross. Oh, can you you can't really drink it. You're just treating it like a thick smoothie or something. <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, it's I I blame that on my <laughs> lack of ability to use a blender well. So originally I put all the spaghetti in there and then just tried to blend it up and then that was just like like concrete. It was so bad. So I added water to it to uh make it yeah. less <laughs> thick. And yeah, so it's now it's like watered down spaghetti, which is a gross thing all on its own. Uh, yeah, so I, just, I guess like it's not made to be blended. No, it really is I not designed assume. for that. And I'm sure there's a better thing I would assume. other than water to have mixed with it, like tomato soup or something. But I just, yeah. it was already in the blender and it looked like concrete and I didn't know what to do. So I just poured water in it. Oh, that does not look good. Mm-mm. Is it warm at least? It is. Well, I warmed it up and then came in here and then it took us like 40 minutes before we actually started recording. So it's less warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had some computer issues. <laughs> that does not look good. No. Um, so here's what it looks like in the spoon. Oh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the way, like when you take the spoon mm-hmm. out and then there's little uh, stalagmites and stalactites that like... Stretch from the spoon and then <laughs> little well. stalagmites. Yes, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, it's like the cheese effect that stretches, but it's but spaghetti. It's like remember the goo phase of America, where everyone was making like homemade goo. Oh yeah, or slime, slime. That's what it was. Yeah, slime time. Uh, it is like spaghetti slime. So I made a second batch that I could play with with my hands later. Yeah, you should make a YouTube <laughs> video. Because I think I think those go. I don't know if they. St- I don't know if it's still slime time, oh, but those could go viral. I bet. And it's great because <laughs> you could give it to a baby and it could eat it after it's done playing it. How playing with it? Your very own DIY slime, also edible. <laughs> yeah, and also, but really gross too. Yeah, it's perfect. But a baby, a baby doesn't care. Babies don't care. No, they love it. They'll love Let's it. Be honest. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's the punishment for 
today is so this is meal number two of blended spaghetti and it's one of those ones it's not horrible it's just gross food ones are gross and i've had to do both of them both of the food punishments we've done (laughs) have been me not very fun okay well uh try and step it up today and maybe (laughs) things will change but i think i think actually we're like tied Oh, I did you go back and look? Well, actually, we're not tied because we've that's nine episodes. We'll be uh, if I wait. Okay, so I've lost the last three. You lost the three before that. That's six. Uh huh. Then I think yep. I lost two, and then you lost the first three. I lost the first one or the first one. <laughs> It doesn't matter. We're close to tied. Yeah, we'll see. Which is cool. After this episode, we'll uh, go back yeah. and count and get the official score. That'll be fun. We can yeah, do yeah. like a leaderboard type thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so if you haven't listened before, we like to play a game to decide who goes first mm-hmm. and presents our topic first. So I guess this week's idea is less of a game, more of a competition. A competition. So we're going to have a, a breath-holding competition. Um, what is your current record for breath holding? I ask this so I can just do a subtle flex (laughs) about mine. (laughs) So I remember the year was 2017 or 16 or 18. Uh, it was a couple of years ago and I was trying to learn how to do it. And I think I made it to like a minute and 20 seconds then, but that was in my prime time of like training. (laughs) (laughs) What's your record? <laughs> uh, three minutes. What? Wait, why are we playing yeah. this game then? Because <laughs> uh, I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I only suggest games that I am confident that I can win. That's crazy. Okay, so to level the playing field, would you give me like s- a tip for like how to be better before we start? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so last, last episode, I talked about this a little bit. So you can either do where you like hyperventilate and breathe in, Mm -hmm. which is more safe because you're not in the water, Uh, (laughs) or or you can like just try and slow down your heart rate, breathe in for five seconds, hold for five seconds, then breathe out for twenty seconds, or just go for it and see what happens. (laughs) But I think let's just give us like a minute of preparation. To do whatever method we to want. Just do do your own breathing exercises, and then we'll start a timer, and we'll just let's just each go until until we can't anymore. I love it. And if you feel like you're gonna pass out, uh, just sit down. So if you do pass <laughs> out, you are you don't fall and smack your head on the table. You say that as if I'm not currently sitting. We're looking at each other. <laughs> you can see that I'm. Sitting. I don't know. Maybe you'll like. Well, don't like lean forward. Like and fall out know. of my chair. <laughs> well, I have like a tall chair, so oh, I could fall okay. pretty far. A, mine's very ergonomical, so okay. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. Begin breathing exercise. Okay, uh, let me get a timer up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, ready? Preparation. Three, two, one, go. Okay, we'll start in five seconds. Three. Take take a deep breath in. Three. Two, one. 
Hi everyone, this is Caleb from the future. Um, Caleb and Josiah of the past are currently holding their breaths, and I figured that would not make for good podcast material. So, I went ahead and moved things along a little bit. Um, So we're going to jump forward in time approximately a minute and 30 seconds. In three, two, one. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) gosh. (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, what, what was our time? Or what was your time? Uh, I got 132. I think you got 134 ish. I stopped oh. right after you stopped. Okay, right after, yeah. <clears throat> Man. Because it was not. I need to work exciting. on that again. That, I, that was my record, Josiah. <laughs> no, I didn't stop. even train for that. <laughs> Little competitions helps. So I, <clears throat> I was trying to uh, trick my brain. So I was trying to like lean into the feelings, and instead of like feeling like it was hurting or uncomfortable, just be curious mm. about it. It was not mm-hmm. working. But I was trying to be like, <laughs> "This is strange." I don't think you have control over that part of your brain. The brain, <laughs> the part that says breathe. <laughs> that felt like a long time. A minute and 30 seconds is dangerously close to the world record. <laughs> Watch out, guy. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, I won the yeah. game, so I choose who goes first. And uh, I think I might take it this time. I'll go first. All right. All right, sounds good. Go for it. Oh, we, di- we got through this whole episode, and we didn't even mention that this is a themed episode, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we came up with a topic beforehand, and... Each are teaching each other something within that topic. Yeah, so the theme, so we did this at episode five, and since it's our big 10th episode anniversary, <laughs> we thought it would be fun to do another themed one. So uh, the theme is drumroll, Josiah. <laughs> uh, the theme is architecture. I thought you were going to say, since. It's our big 10th episode. We decided to talk about architecture. Because <laughs> neither of us have any <laughs> experience about architecture. And uh, Yeah, I no, thought... Yeah. So, jo- Josiah got to pick episode 5, and he picked space. That episode was a lot of fun. Um, so, he told me to pick the theme for this one. And I kind of wanted to pick a challenge. And architecture is yeah. something that neither of us have talked about. And... Neither of us know anything about. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to just do something brand new. So, yeah, this episode is architecture themed. Um, and the topic that I bring to the table within the theme of architecture <laughs> is green architecture or uh, sustainable uh, architecture. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, awesome. So it is pretty much what it sounds like. Uh, And originally when I was looking into architecture, this was kind of a popular theme. Like this is kind of a modernized thing to do was green architecture. And I kind of thought it was boring. Like, well, not like it's great that it's happening, but it was like, yeah, blah, 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 climate change, help the environment, stuff like that. But then I looked into it, and there's actually some really, really cool things uh, that architects, (laughs) I almost said architects, 
architects are uh, are doing. Um, so number one that I want to mention before I kind of dive into what green architecture looks like and some of the cool things uh, around it, I want to talk about kind of how buildings currently are. So in the U.S., buildings uh, and construction account for 39% of total energy use in the U.S. goes to buildings and construction of buildings, um, which is a lot. Is, most, is that mostly just from the construction and like transportation costs and all that? Uh, I would imagine it's more so like running, like keeping the buildings running. So oh, gotcha. electricity, water, all of that. Um, AC. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, AC. Thirty nine percent is dedicated towards buildings, which is a lot. Which is what makes green architecture kind of a cool thing to get into. Touching a little bit on the future topic that I talked about last episode, uh, people are saying if we could move towards green architecture as like how buildings are, then being able to get rid of like 39% of energy use, like that's very significant. Anyway, moving on to some more cool statistics. Uh, 68% of total electricity consumption goes towards buildings. Um, 30% of landfill waste is from buildings. And 38% of carbon dioxide emissions are from buildings. And then lastly, uh, 12% of total water consumption comes from buildings. So those are some statistics for what it's currently like. Um, which is why green architecture has kind of entered entered the picture. Um, and green architecture... Ba- oh, wait, I wanted to say this. Random fact. Did you know that there are more than a million buildings in New York City? Yes. No, I didn't <laughs> know that. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually created that. I walked around and uh, counted every- them. Everyone knows that, Caleb. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. That is... Uh, that's just... Almost as many people in Montana. As single buildings in New York City? Yeah. 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 I mean, that seems about right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I thought I wrote that down because I thought that was a fun fact and it seemed significant. So, green architecture enters the picture because people are concerned about all of these percentages and they want to create better buildings. So, to define green architecture or sustainable architecture... It's basically buildings that are designed from the start to be uh, sustainable and efficient and have a positive impact on the environment and also promote uh, good health. So, promote gut health. Promote gut health. It's like each building is packed with vitamins (laughs) (laughs) and fiber. (laughs) No, uh, so a lot of people. When you think about green buildings, think about like adding things to buildings. Um, so like throwing solar panels to be more efficient, um, you know, stuff like that. But what's really cool about green architecture is that buildings, the buildings themselves are designed from the very beginning to be as awesome as possible in all the best ways. 
Uh, so the main factor, and I'm going to dive into some cool examples here in a little bit, but the main factors that go into green architecture are, number one, renewable energy. Um, so that is like solar power or wind power or uh, different things that I didn't really think about, like natural ways of heating or cooling a building instead of powered heating or AC. Um, mm -hmm. And then natural ways of ventilation or natural ventilation methods instead of uh, having power and energy make air, like clean air come through a building. Um, and then, so the main thing to summarize all of that is just to have a building that produces uh, more or as much energy as it consumes, which is called the net zero effect. So if you've got a building mm -hmm. that produces enough energy, then it doesn't consume energy from anything else. It's just kind of self-sustainable. Um, the next thing, the next factor of green architecture is sustainable building materials. Um, so a lot of buildings will use kind of creative materials, uh, like recycled materials, materials used from other stuff that they took and used. Or uh, here's a fun fact. Bamboo is a popular, for smaller buildings, a popular sustainable material. And that's because you can harvest bamboo after six years, which is significantly less time than any other kind of lumber. Just a fun fact for you there. Um, yeah, do you know how they, do you know how they, like, can take it from, like, chop it from the ground and then make it into, like, a plank or some kind of building material? I... Because it's, it's, it's round, and I... Yeah. And I am curious about that. I would guess they don't, like, they wouldn't use it with planks as much as they would just kind of, I don't want to say, like, thatched together, you know? is That's a word, right? To uh, thatch probably. something? No, yeah, it is. Just like, like a, kind of woven? Is that what you mean? Like imagine you're on a desert island. The method you would use to build a raft to escape. You know? Oh. Putting a put bunch them all of... all in a row and then... Yeah. So I know uh, that that's not the same perpendicular as... perpendicular to that. Yeah. I know that's not the same as bamboo, but I would imagine probably they would use it, if I had to guess, in some way like that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the The... Another big factor is waste management. So composting is a big thing with these buildings um, and gray water harvesting. So basically just recycling stuff to use yeah. for other stuff. Um, <clears throat> which leads me... So that, that's kind of what green architecture is, which leads me to some really cool buildings that have used this and all the ones that I'm mentioning here are like big buildings, skyscrapers type buildings um, that have been designed from the ground up to be green and healthy for the environment. And you can, I found the name of each of the buildings so you can look them up as I talk about them if you want. Uh, but they're just really, really cool looking. So the first one that I want to talk about is called One Central Park and that is in Sydney. And this one's really cool because there's a there's a park, I'm guessing Central Park. <laughs> and uh at the end of Central Park is this building. 
And instead of it just being the end of the park and the start of the building, the park just extends up the building. So they... It's like Inception. Well... <laughs> you, know that, you know that scene where uh, yeah, it like folds up? Yeah, the city unfortunately, folds up? I don't think you can like walk <laughs> sideways on it. But, oh, <laughs> but they have added on the side of this building, or the entire building... Uh, 250 different species of plants and flowers all the way up the building. So the whole building looks like this just giant kind of forest, which is really, really cool looking. Um, did you see a picture of it? Uh, I'm looking it up now. Okay, so it's like a... Oh, that's weird. It's like a, a skyscraper with like plants growing all up the side. Yeah. And then there's like a... It looks like it's floating. There's a little chunk of it that hangs down. Yeah, what it's really, really cool looking. Uh, it's just like a weird design. Uh, you'll find a lot of these are like funky looking because I think the archi- any architect who's into like green architecture Hipster. is probably yeah. pretty cool and creative. <laughs> um, but Do things uniquely, yeah. Because of these plants and flowers, I mean, first, it's good for the environment to have... An- instead of just a big chunk of building and cement to have plants and flowers. But they also shade the building, the entire building, which allows that building to use 25% less energy than other buildings of that size. Oh, wow. Just from adding plants and flowers to it. Uh, So, yeah, it's really cool. To me, it looks like, you know, dystopian movies where, like, cities are run down and overgrown and there's plants and vines all yeah, up the yeah, buildings. Yeah. Yep. That's just what it looks yep. like to me. But it was designed to be what's like that, that. What's that movie with uh, The Rock? <laughs> uh, so they... I don't remember what it's called. Oh, there's like a gorilla and a alligator that fight or something. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I never saw that one that? because it just seemed like a okay. lot. <laughs> okay. You know what? Now that I say that, I don't think it is that type of movie. <laughs> but they are they do go to like an old rundown city. That has nothing to do with anything. Go ahead. Continue. Okay, uh I wanted to ease you into it. So that's just a cool looking building with plants all over it. But some of these <laughs> okay. get crazy. So the next one is okay. called the Bahra- Bahrain, I think is how you pronounce it. Am I wrong? B A H R A I N. Bahrain. That looks good. Uh the Bahrain World Trade Center. So this one while you're looking it up, is two separate buildings and they're towers. Each tower is 787 feet and they're symmetrical. But in between the two towers are these three... Please say sky bridges. Oh, oh, you know it. Sky bridges. Yes! (laughs) I love sky bridges. And Yeah, there's three big sky bridges that go at like equal intervals up the side of both of these towers. But on the in the middle of these sky bridges, they've attached three huge uh, wind turbines. Have, are you looking mm-hmm. at a picture? Yeah, that's pretty cool looking. It's so cool. It looks like something that would be in the Avengers, some type of superhero yep, yep, yep. building. Yeah. Um, and so that building, the turbines generate 15% of both of those buildings' electricity, which if you think about the size of those buildings and how much electricity that would take that's like a huge amount of power that those turbines are generating uh, and it just looks sweet 
It does look sweet. <laughs> uh, and then another cool thing, which before you ask questions, I don't know the science of how this works. <laughs> but apparently there's uh, pools of water at the base of each tower. And those pools are there to cool the building. And so the pools of water evaporate and something to do with the evaporation cools the building and reduces energy even more, like a natural way to cool the building instead of AC. Hmm. How neato is that? Uh, can you swim in it? Uh, I don't know. Because if not, I'm not interested. <laughs> if it's not just a no, water that's... park, I send it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it just it's like... It's like big giant leaves, kind of. Three leaves that make up a giant triangle. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like the. It tr- looks really. It's not like the US trade centers. It's. They, they kind of like pointed at the end. It's really symmetrical looking. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, you want to hear about the next building? Mm, of course. <laughs> okay. This one also is really cool looking. Um, it's called the Vancouver Convention Center West. Look that one up. Basically, this one has... It's huge. It's a huge convention center. And then it has a giant sloped roof. And the it's not sloped in one direction. It almost looks like a Superman S. Are you looking at a picture? Yeah. Yep. So it's kind of sloped back and forth a little bit. And uh, the whole roof is plants and grass. And what's cool about this one is they actually installed beehives into the building. Like part of the construction was these beehives. And mm-hmm. the bees' jobs is, well, to do what bees do. So they go around and they <laughs> pollinate. And so that just keeps the grass and the plants uh, healthy up there. And mm-hmm. so it grows mm. thicker and thicker and that cools the whole building um so they have they don't have to use nearly as much electricity to cool the building and it also retains heat in the winter so they don't have to heat the building as much in the winter isn't that a cool looking building though with the grass that is cool um and then yeah, i love i love how all the straight lines um so it looks pretty abstract with the, all the straight lines. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a cool looking one. Um, and then another cool thing is they purposefully, well, I guess it's good. It, was per, I, it would be a bad architect if they accidentally designed something. <laughs> <laughs> but they purposefully designed it to part of that whole building is over the water. Um, and they did that specifically to support marine life. So there's a bunch of crab life and salmon under there that's yeah. like they kind of built a cave with the oh yeah building. it's got a little porch yeah with stuff underneath and it. i just think that's really cool like designing an entire building to help some aspect of nature i think yeah this topic kind of made me want to be an architect but also i know that it is not as glamorous as it probably would seem <laughs> you know i've never heard anything good about architecture school really <laughs> No, not that I've heard a lot about architecture school. Yeah. <laughs> but I've heard it's very difficult. I think you just got to really love it. Yeah. 
<laughs> this has to be your passion, and I don't think it's mine. If you're an architect, um, I don't mean to slam your uh, <laughs> trade or profession, but something tells me they would probably different. agree, though. They'd be like, "Yeah, architecture <laughs> school is the worst." <laughs> All right, you ready for the next one? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, next building. This is the last building I'll mention, and then I'll I've got some honorable mentions just with buildings with really random cool features. Um, this last one yeah. is called The Edge. It is in Amsterdam. Uh, the whole building, the whole skin of the building, which I learned that term researching. There's like a skin of a building. It's kind of interesting. Um, uh, is it, that just everything that makes up the outside? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Except like windows. Uh, the whole skin is solar panels. So super energy efficient. Um, and then the... This building has a lot of just high-tech, cool things. Um, so the temperature is regulated by aquifers. And I guess, I don't know exactly how it works, but there's different levels, and they take from the different levels to heat or cool however much they want to, uh, which is just super interesting. And so that's like a really natural, energy-efficient way of regulating temperature. And you can yeah. see this building is really big. So, like, that's not a small yeah. task. Yeah. Um, the next cool thing, and this kind of blew my mind, is instead of electrical lights and wiring in that way, all of the lights are LEDs, and they're connected through computer cords and powered by computers. And oh. the computers are connected to sensors and the sensors read how much light is coming in from outside, and then it will dim the lights according to how much light there is coming in from outside. And it's That's all really cool. done automatically. And it saves, I read that it saves 80% compared to other buildings of energy costs because buildings just have lights that come on or come off. And they're just at a solid level. But this one's constantly adjusting to the amount of light coming in from outside. Yeah. So it looks like the whole thing is uh, just windows. But you said it's solar panels. Are those like on the inside or I don't somehow clear solar panels? I don't know. Maybe not all of it is windows, but it's just kind of designed to look like it. Or maybe like yeah, the okay. in-between is solar panels. I don't know yeah. really how, I don't know a ton about solar panels, like how customizable they are. But I do know that it's designed to be as much window as possible. That's a big feature in a lot of these green architecture, because the more natural light that comes in, the less light you need to pay money for <laughs> with energy. Yeah. Um, so isn't that, that's a cool looking building too, but that one's a little more normal looking than the others. Um, and another yeah, cool yeah. thing is that entire building is controlled by apps. So you can, everybody in there has an app and they can use the app to open and close blinds or turn lights on or off or like do whatever they want. Mm. It's all like app based. That's, I don't think that's really so like green. The IT guys are also the, yeah, the IT guys are also the maintenance guys. <laughs> Pretty much, I bet. So, yeah, that's yeah. not really a green fact, but it's just really high-tech building, and I think it's cool. 
Yeah. Okay, can I talk about some honorable mentions and then I'll be done? There's, yeah. if you look into this, there's so many, like I saw 40 or 50 just cool buildings that all have really mm-hmm. cool stuff. Um, <clears throat> so here's some cool aspects of other buildings. There's a building in Germany that's an apartment complex and each floor is turned a few degrees away from the floor below and above it. And so because of that, there's no one side of the building that hits direct sunlight, which means they've been, well, since it's in Germany, it's a little bit cooler, especially, they don't have any electric AC because they were able to reduce temperatures enough just with rotating each floor a few degrees that uh, they didn't need electrical AC. So does that mean like that each floor might be a little bit, have a little bit different temperature throughout the day, but the whole, the building as a whole kind of regulates itself. Isn't that cool? And it's subtle. It's just a couple degrees. So it doesn't look, the building doesn't look entirely symmetrical or square like a normal building, but it's not far off. Like it, it almost tricks your eyes into thinking it's normal, but it's not. Um, another one, another apartment complex in Italy has uh, the rooms and the balconies are staggered and because they're staggered, so it kind of each room and balcony juts out throughout the building. And because of that, they're able to, uh, they were able to plant full size trees on every single floor up the entire building. Isn't that cool? So like you could live on the 20th floor and have full-size trees on your balcony. Oh, I've seen this one before. Isn't that so cool looking? That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, there's just so... There's too much to mention. I just have a couple more. Um, in Japan, they were building a big corporate building where there used to be green space kind of in the middle of a city, and people were really mad about losing their green space. So instead... Yeah. They took one side of the building and made it kind of like a pyramid and just extended the green space all the way up the side of the building. So it looks like just a forest that climbs all the way up this huge corporate building. And then the other half of the building just looks completely normal. So unless you're in the park, you can't notice it. And it it doubles cool. as energy saver because there's so many trees and plants that it completely shades that side of the building from the sun so they don't have to do as much cooling. Um, Mm -hmm. Next, in Mexico, there's a skyscraper that automatically, it kind of does the same thing as the edge building I told you about. It'll automatically kind of sense the weather and it'll open all of the windows in the skyscraper automatically to vent cool air all the way through the building in the mornings. Whoa. And so they're able to naturally vent in clean air and cool air. And it's just like when I was young, we didn't have AC in our house. And so every morning my mom would open up the window in the mornings to cool it off. And then when it got hot, she would close the window. So in the mornings, it's, it was like 30 degrees in the house. But then it got up to like 37 by the afternoon. <laughs> so instead of having to send... Christy every day to open all the windows and close them. The building just does it itself. Super cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then another one. I've got two more. 
Oh, and the last one, I think it might be my favorite. Um, another one in the UK, the roof is designed. It kind of closes in. It's, I forget what, it's called like the diamond or the crystal or something. But the roof, it's a long building and the roof is taller at the ends and lower in the middle. And so it collects mm-hmm. uh, rainwater and it funnels the rainwater down into the building and then it joins with all of the gray water and then it goes through a purification mm-hmm. and then it sends all of that through as like drinking water. So they hardly consume any water that doesn't come from like recycled or the sky. That's pretty interesting. Um, and then the last wow. thing of the honorable mentions is in Thailand. This is awesome. I want to just go here. In Thailand, there is a Buddhist temple. There were a lot of Buddhist monks that um, wanted to build this temple, but they wanted to be environmentally friendly, so they built it entirely out of beer bottles. And so this Buddhist temple, you can look it up. It's pretty cool looking. It's built out of over a million beer bottles that they just recycled. Wow. How how can that possibly be sturdy? I'm I bet probably the Buddhist monks had some architect help. Um yeah, 1.5 yeah. million beer bottles were used um in the making of it. And it's, it took them a long time to do from what it sounds like. But you can look up a picture of what it looks like <laughs> yeah. up close. And it's just, it's almost like they use the beer bottles like bricks. And then they have the mortar in yeah, between yep. kind of holding it all together. It's so cool looking. That's cool looking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was in 1984. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a while ago. You mean the book? They just... Yeah, it was right when they were writing that book. <laughs> Those Buddhists. Um, it's and they have like the pillars supporting it and everything are all It's all out of it. Yeah. And it's so elaborate, I think is what oh. amazes me the most. Yeah. Yep. It's not just like a, a cube, but it's got like pointy roofs <laughs> and like awnings and yeah, hallways and stuff. And so That's I read awesome. that they just got tired uh one morning, the monks got tired of the morning litter in the countryside. They were just over it. So they started like a hundred beer bottles on the wall challenge, which I don't entirely know what that means, but I could make <laughs> some guesses. <laughs> and then that led to them just building the whole temple out of it. If you're listening to this, you should definitely look up a picture of some of these buildings because they're just really cool looking. I, I picture the hundred... Bottle challenge is like a YouTube <laughs> challenge. So they chug, like chug, put it out chug. on, on uh... <laughs> But in nineteen eighty four what's the equivalent of YouTube in nineteen eighty four? yeah, I don't know. They were putting it in magazines. T V <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're encouraging drinking so that they can build a green temple. Anyway, this whole thing that's pretty cool, and I like I like how it's it's all uh, it's very artistic. Yeah, it's both green and brown bottles, but some of them are just like all lined up straight, and some of them are like patchy looking. So there's three one way, and then three rotated three. Yeah. next to it. That's pretty. So cool. I don't know a ton about Buddhist philosophy, but I bet there's something in there about taking something old and 
gross and making it something new and fresh or revitalized, you know? I bet there's something in there. Reduce, reuse, recycle. (laughs) That's where they came up with that, was Buddhist philosophy. (laughs) Uh, I was trying to think of another re that has to do with (laughs) Buddhism. I don't know much about Buddhism. Neither. Buddhism. Buddhism, uh, Anyway, um, there you go. I just wanted to show you how cool there are some buildings are out in the world and how people are designing buildings that not only the cool thing to me about this topic is that not only are they a lot of these buildings like reducing negative impact and you know saving energy but they're actually going so far as to go the other direction and like boosting the environment and yeah impacting nature in a positive way like, I read one thing that mm-hmm. a lot of these buildings, the ones with, like, trees and plants growing up the side, provide a lot of, like, clean oxygen up into the air, especially in cities where it's not mm-hmm. very, like, the air is kind of just gross. Um, yeah. Anyway, I hope that we see a lot more of this kind of architecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Cause I, it makes me think like there's gotta be other costs with this, like with a completely glass building. That's, that's gotta be, have some kind of ripple effect in like the creation of glass. And what if like the glass factory causes a lot of pollution? Yeah. One thing I read is that actually a big push from green architecture is using materials only from places that you know are already environmentally friendly. So if you outsource materials from some company, you're actively looking into them to make sure that they're, you know, also being environmentally friendly. So it's kind of... Yeah, and taking that into account. Yeah, it's kind of the like-mindedness from people. This community of green architects Mm. are kind of... They've got their community of companies and you know, construction crews that are doing things in this more environmental friendly way. Yeah. Another cool thing is a lot of these buildings I've read are, uh, you, some of the material used to build them were taken from the build site, which, so instead of bringing material in from somewhere else, they're using trees they chop down or whatever they, you know, as like an extra yeah, yeah. i'm sure That's they don't cool it would be super unrealistic to use all of it from one build site especially if you're having to use cement <laughs> or something but to be able to use <laughs> like what's there and kind of recycle it into the building that you're replacing it with is kind of cool yeah yeah even if it doesn't like save any money or anything it is cool to like uproot a tree and then plant it couple hundred feet yeah. higher than it originally was in the building. And there's actually, I learned, I think it's, Sing, I want to say it's Singapore. Uh, I'm pretty sure. They have a law, actually. It's like nature protection, some type of nature protection act. But uh, they've made it so whatever natural property you destroy in building a building you have to somehow replace somewhere on that building so a lot of these Mm. 
buildings will have, you know, however many square footage of natural ground they destroyed to put the building, yeah. they'll have that much space somewhere on it, on a balcony or okay. the roof or something where they've yeah. put the same amount of nature, which I <laughs> yeah. think is super cool. Yeah. They just got to move it up somehow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then the last thing, and then I'll be done, uh, to do with the cost is I did read that it is significantly more to build buildings like this because you you need more specific things and <clears throat> more specific designs, more expensive stuff. But it actually pays for itself. They call it like the cost of the life of the building instead of just the cost of construction. Yeah. So in the yeah. long term, it pays itself off by how much energy reduction and, you know, if you're not paying for AC or as much lighting, yeah. it actually pays for itself within the life of the building. Right. So it makes it kind of worthwhile to put yeah, the yeah. more cost up front. Yeah. So it's it's both like a wise financial investment and like a, a climate yeah, yeah, investment yeah. sort of. Okay. Cool. Anyway, I think it's really cool, and uh, someday I want to have a cool green architecture house. I just want a kind. green. I just want a green house, so a I can grow <laughs> plants. Ooh, that's probably no, actually, a, like a more realistic start. No, I just want a green house, just a house that is green. <laughs> I just want to. I'd rather just buy a house and paint <laughs> <Yeah>. it green. <laughs> Forget the you know, environment sounds, or saving that sounds money. Sounds easier to me. <laughs> Anyway, there's my topic. Cool. Um, thank you for educating me. Thank you for learning me something. Uh, okay, I will talk about my topic now. It's kind of, some of it is similar, so I'll try and uh-huh. uh, kind of reroute it and go a little bit of a different um, different route with it. But uh, to start off, can you please describe to everybody what Raft Village is? <laughs> Oh, yes. Raft Village was a beautiful idea that never really got off the ground. Basically, Josiah and I came up with this wonderful idea of it would be like you would create a raft and then they would be connectable. So you would go out on a lake with your raft and then other people who have created their own rafts would come out and join you and connect their raft to yours. And then you'd have this cool village of rafts and like a ton of people out there and just in the middle of this lake. The beauty of raft village, like Caleb said, is it's modular. (laughs) So like, here's what I'm imagining. Mm. You have a sleeping module, so you can put some beds or a tent on one. Uh And then you have a lounge module. So, like, just some yes. chairs, hangout place, uh, a ping pong one, an eating slash cooking <laughs> module, uh, a fire pit, I think would be really cool, like a floating fire we pit. We need to still do this. Oh, of course. And then uh, an, an underwater viewing area so that it's like a, <laughs> I think it's called a ballast, so you, go, you can go down uh-huh. in the water and look underneath the water, but still be dry. Mm. Um so Raft Village still the idea still lives in my head, and uh, uh, it will happen someday. And real fast, we actually we started it. Yeah, we I did. went back to college before it came to completion. But we went, we found a guy who was giving away free, like those giant 
barrels. I don't know what you call those. Yeah, just like the, the giant plastic. Uh, the drums. Or maybe they were metal. Like, it was some kind of oil or... Yeah. They were, I remember they were super nasty. That's probably why they were free. But we like took them out and we tested it, make sure, made sure they floated and everything. <laughs> yeah. And we, yeah, we didn't want to like get the water all gross and like mm. pollute it and stuff. And they were just kind of cumbersome. But I, <laughs> I bring this up because uh, I'm going to be talking about floating cities. Oh, this Which is are a real thing. They're a real thing. Um, so I originally thought of Venice. I was like, that, that can't be floating, is it? So I looked into it, and it was established in 451 AD, mm-hmm. which is way earlier than I thought it was. So it's a pretty old city. Uh, but it was built, it's built on 118 islands using wood piles, not like a pile of wood, but like a pillar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, a, yeah, sort of like a dock. Uh-huh. This, what supports a dock. Um, and so they, they just get thousands of wood piles, pound them into the ground right next to each other, uh, and then cut them off and use that as a foundation for the buildings. And wood, if it's underwater, doesn't decay or disintegrate. Oh, really? Um, no, that only happens if there's oxygen. And since there's no, apparently, since it's just covered in water all the time, then that huh. keeps it preserved. And also, apparently, the salt water helps to petrify it. So it, it can oh, potentially get strengthened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. So, yeah, so it's Venice isn't actually a floating city, but it's it's really close because they they dug canals. Um, and looking at it from the sky is really cool because it's very, uh, it's like half of a part of it is like a grid, but it's like there's lots of curves, and you can tell they've they've kind of built it to go along with the geometry of the islands that it's built on. Yeah. but it's still. Um, pretty square and geometric. But the problem with this is is uh, it sank nine inches in the last hundred years. <gasps> and people are just kind of used to having flood days. Oh, uh, drat. So the issue, the issue <laughs> is uh, the <laughs> cities are sinking and oceans are, are rising slightly. Uh-huh. So... The question is why why do people build floating cities? And I'll get to some of them that are currently out there. But there's there's a a group of people called seasteaders, um, sort sort of like homesteading but on the sea. Mm. And their whole thing is less about uh, trying to I don't know like trying to make a green city or trying to have a city that can float and be okay if the ocean does rise a whole lot. But they're more about self governance, and they're very they're very liber- like ultra libertarian, uh-huh. and so they they like the idea of a a government that you can choose. Like if if there's each each uh, seastead has its own government, and if you don't like it, you can go to another one. Oh, that's kind of fun. And since it's since it's floating, you can just either just like paddle your way over <laughs> there, not paddle, but like create it to be moved or just be towed out there. This sounds like the makings of a awesome book or movie series. <laughs> yeah. I might get started on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
so seasteading and self-governance and like uh, more of a variety of types of government is one reason why people do floating cities. Uh-huh. Um, also climate issues, 40%, 40 to 50% of people live in a coastal area, 40 to 50, excuse me, 40 to 50% of people on earth live in coastal areas uh-huh. and seas are rising. So people have had to build up land and, and try and push out water somehow right. to try and deal with this. And there's also lots of pollution along those coastal areas where there's lots of people, which is not surprising. And an issue, you you might think, just build an island. <laughs> I you might know? think you, that. <laughs> yeah, you might think that. Um, like Dubai has done with their desert palm. Oh, yeah, Have yeah, yeah. Have you seen yeah. the pictures of the palm tree? I Yeah. Where there's like houses on that. Yeah, so they uh, they use large ships that basically dredge the sand and then just spray it into a pile and create a man-made island. Hmm. But apparently sand is sort of a... We're running out of sand, basically. Like, it's getting more more and more expensive oh. because the type of sand that you would need is in high demand. That is pretty interesting, but I'm not going to That is interesting. That also would be a good book um, <laughs> series, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I- islands are very expensive, too, and you need a lot of land or a lot of material to build it up in, like, that cone shape to have a, a little chunk that's out of the water yeah so only a tiny part of the island or the material is out of water so those costs a lot so those are some of the reasons why people are trying to build a way of having floating cities and floating houses and Hmm. villages and all that so there's actually a lot of people on earth that are living on the water right now there's a a city in california called sausalito and there's a community of 400 or so houseboats there. They're just like in a harbor. And uh, it's the largest houseboat community in the country. And so <laughs> I saw this this video of one, this guy sitting in it. He's just sitting in his at his like desk. Yeah. You can see the windows. You can see outside through the windows right next to him. And <laughs> he's just sitting there and he's just like bobbing. <laughs> like his whole, his whole house is staying steady, but the... The outside windows, like everything outside is moving. <laughs> That'd be so hard to get used to. Yeah, you have to get used to it, and it does move a lot, but a lot of people do it. And they just have uh, sewage pipes run out and then fresh water run in. Hmm. So it's basically like a normal house, except... It bobs. It's, it bobs a lot. <laughs> <It's bobby. laughs> you got to tie things down. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, a lot of people have made them, like, t- taken a boat and then just built onto that to make a house. Uh-huh. And then, obviously, there's people that live on boats because that's cheap. That's cheaper in a lot of big cities on the coast is to just live on your boat as opposed to that's buying what a renting house on the land. Like you a, can just rent space on the water. Yeah, like in Hawaii, that's what a lot of people are doing, right? Trying to just get, like, houseboats and stuff. Instead of trying to purchase land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also a community of houseboats in the Netherlands. Actually, I don't, I don't know if it's a community, but 
uh, let me read this quote. I was trying to figure out how, like the best way to create a base and a sort of like a, some type of foundation. And I know it's not a foundation, but like a oil drums. I don't know you. <laughs> that's the way. Beer bottles. <laughs> well, that's what. Oh, <gasps> that's green. Call the Buddhists. That's green. Call the Buddhists. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can um, So this quote says, the only difference between a house on land and a floating house is that houses on water have concrete tubs on the bottom, which are submerged by half a story and act as a counterweight. So that's kind of what helps them to hmm. keep some stability. They don't rock as much. That's one way of doing it. That's that. like a boat. Um, yeah, another... another there's a group in China called the Tonka people who have been living on boats for a long time. Um, basically, they just have a platform on top of floating plastic barrels, kind of like how we were picturing mm. for Raft Village. Somebody. And they're, they make their living by being fishermen. Uh, Makes sense. They work from home. There's also... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's also... This is... Very interesting to me. In Peru, there is what's called the Reed Islands. Uh-huh. It's the the highest navigable navigable lake in the world. Um, so it's in the mountains in Peru, and these people live completely on the water. They've built their islands out of reeds, so just like four to eight feet thick of reeds, oh. and some have mud on the bottom to help keep the reeds from disintegrating but they since a lot of the reed is underwater they have to continually put reeds on top to keep building it up because it's oh it's like disintegrating so they add stuff holy cow always just adding material to their island so it just kind of that's crazy filters down and they have like a neighborhood on one island so they have like a couple houses on there Uh and uh I was trying to figure out how they keep the houses from sinking down, um, but I couldn't find an answer to that. So There's I know that they, they add stuff to the ground, so if the ground gets built up, I don't know how the houses don't. Maybe the houses just get shorter, <laughs> and then they they uh, lift the roof up and add to the walls. I'm not sure. What a... I mean, um, we grew up, like, shoveling snow, and... Down here where I live, you grew up just dealing with traffic. What a weird aspect of life that I never thought people would grow up dealing with. Like, oh, yeah, got to add land to our island. <laughs> uh-huh. And and actually, re- those reeds can be eaten as an iodine supplement. So <laughs> oh. It's like a, it's like a vitamin, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> too. Vitamin island. Yeah. Um, and I also read that... Many, they're called the Uros. Many Uros don't know how to swim. That can't be true. Can you imagine living <laughs> on the water and you don't know how to swim? But I read that from somewhere, from someone that went there. And uh, anyway, but the, for since the reeds are so flammable, flammable, they can't have any fire or anything. Oh. They have electricity apparently, but That's, it's it can get pretty cold sometimes. That seems sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Holy cow, that's funny. And they they also, I would assume they just kind of dump sewage into the water because they go, to get clean water, they have to boat out to the deeper parts of the lake and gather water. Like, that's where they get their <laughs> drinking water from. 
So there's some people who are helping with that and giving them some filtration devices. It seems cool. It seems like there's a lot of inconvenient aspects of living like that in that area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually the the reason they did that was because uh there's an aggressive the Inca tribe was aggressive, so they fled onto the water. Oh, that's interesting. So they they did it as like a way of retreating. And that's kind of what Venice did too. That's how Venice started. Was uh I believe after the Roman Empire fell, then they were just looking for for a place to escape to. So they right. found those islands, built some buildings on it. That's really interesting. So so there's lots of different ways that people do it, like with pl- plastic barrels or reeds or foam, polystyrene I saw for some of the more modern, recent plans, um, and then just wood too, or just on an actual boat. Yeah, you got options. Um, yeah, so there's actually a big plan for a future floating city and it's called oceanics oh good name this thing is awesome yeah so uh how they build they want to build it is they want to build a triangle shaped neighborhood so that neighborhood would fit about 300 residents on about four and a half to five acres holy cow and then within that triangle you can have six of those going around so each the point of each triangle faces the middle so it's kind of like a oh yeah 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 a honeycomb uh-huh. type type thing and that can fit so six neighborhoods and then you can tether all those villages together to create a city so six villages raft village for 10 10,000 people on 375 acres so it's literally like a a plan for a, a raft village that is so crazy. Um, and and you talked about bamboo a little bit and how efficient that is. They want to use bamboo um, for some of the building material uh-huh. because apparently it's it can be six times the tensile strength of steel. Oh. And it's lighter than steel, which I would assume that weight would be a, a factor that they have to take account for when bringing anything onto it. Um, and they they want to be able to grow their own own bamboo right from on the, the island on the floating cities. Yeah. So yeah, their goal is to be completely sustainable, self sustaining. That's so cool. So when you say floating city, does it just kind of float around the ocean aimlessly, or would it be tethered to land somehow? Is that a dumb question? Yeah. So they. No, no, no. That's a good question. So it's. Literally floating on the water, but they're not just going wherever the <laughs> wind takes them. They don't just get like they, pulled out by a riptide and they're just gone. <laughs> uh, no, and and part of this has to do with the location. Uh-huh. Apparently, Oceanics is said to be able to withstand a Category Five hurricane. Holy cow! So it's it's similar to buildings on land as far as the strength and what what it can hold up. Against, but they're going to put these in places where there's not going to be category hurricanes, or it's just really rare. Yeah, to have to have any, it's just mostly pretty calm weather the whole time, so close to the equator. Because I I just learned this that hurricanes 
in the northern hemisphere spin one way and they spin another way in the southern hemisphere because of the Coriolis effect. Uh huh. And I think they spin counterclockwise in the north. I don't know. I've never experienced a hurricane. But in that middle area, hurricanes don't cross that. Or if they do, it's very, very rare. Oh, because they so okay, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of calm weather and relatively shallow um, ocean. Yeah. So they don't have to go way out. Okay, so they won't um, float away to tether. No, no, no. And and they uh, for oceanic specifically, they have a technology called bio rock, which is technology that produces the only marine construction material that grows heals itself and becomes stronger with age and whoa this is pretty interesting so how it works is you apply an extremely low voltage of electricity to a steel structure of any size or shape and uh, this completely prevents any rusting or corrosion and the the weird part is it grows solid limestone rock in seawater that's two to three times stronger than ordinary concrete what? so as over time over time it it like accumulates limestone material and also like corals and stuff so that kind of promotes a healthy ecosystem below it kind of like so you're talking cool. about yeah so they'll kind of they'll use that to anchor themselves but you can also move the city if you need, or a neighborhood, if you need. That's so cool. Um, so so kind of like the goal with seasteading is you can, since the islands are modular, you can move them around and go to a different <laughs> city if you need to with your with your home. Wow, I want and to do that. Like it's yeah, yeah, and like I said, they're they're trying to be completely sustainable. So uh, it's it's a green building project as well. So they're going to have solar panels on the top to be for all their electricity. And uh, a few things like, let me see. Uh, oh, solar panels, wave energy converters, wind turbines, and mm. uh, tidal generators. So like things that just bob in the water yeah, yeah, and yeah. kind of get energy. I don't know if you've seen those. They've also got a plan for ocean farming and coral growing. So ocean farming is, it's a type of 3D farming, which just means they have like a long basket that's hanging underneath uh-huh. and they grow like kelp or um, different types of seaweeds. Hmm. And and these can, these can be eaten and sold onshore, like back on land. Uh, so this is really interesting. And they're, they're, uh, just like Raft Village, <laughs> they want to have each village and neighborhood have a different um, identity and kind of purpose. Oh, so they'll have one yes. that's like a, a lot of the people who are interested in arts that there can be like museums and creator spaces. And then on another module, there can be like a, a workout facility. That's so cool. Gyms and stuff. And they can just be detached and, and added on to. And the bigger the city gets, the more stable it is, apparently. Hmm. So uh, that's just cool. So it incentivizes growth.
growth. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting. That's so cool. Modular cities. Yeah, so that's kind of the main big floating city. There's a lot of plans and proposals for for other floating cities, but if I had to guess, I would say a lot of these floating cities aren't going to end up being built uh-huh. just because maybe I'm uh, small-minded, but a, there's a, a lot of plans for them. And it's going to take a lot to figure out how to do it well. A lot of like trial and error. Yeah, it might take quite a while to for it to get worked out. So uh, there's also the uh, lily pad in Dubai, which is a similar thing. But it's just one big circle, basically, that floats. Dubai is so cool. Um, yeah, I, I actually just Googled Dubai floating city because I was sure that Dubai had some kind of plan for oh, of course. floating city or something. <laughs> Uh, and then there's also the Ark Hotel. It's a Russian building that looks like a sideways donut that you can either just stay at for a little bit or live at. Uh-huh. And then there's also the Green Float, which basically is like a massive collection of islands that have forests and plant factories and si- a city hmm. all in contained within a big structure so a lot of these are green as well but it's gonna take a long time before <laughs> a lot of these come to fruition if they do yeah that's still so cool to think about though yeah so uh yeah do you have any questions or anything i the only thing that sticks in my head well i'm i just keep thinking about how funny would it would be to be in a floating city that wasn't anchored and it just kind of went around <laughs> and like one day you're in Florida and you look out is that oceanics out there and then they like come in <laughs> it's almost like a uh, like a cruise long term cruise yeah <laughs> yep like oh we happen to be floating into Hawaii this year <laughs> yeah <laughs> Anyway, that is really interesting, though. I did. I had no idea that outside of our miniature version of this idea, that that actually was like a thing that could exist and be planned. Yeah, it's a it's a thing that smart people are looking into, which makes me feel good about our idea. <laughs> and we came up with it like two years ago, too. So most <laughs> likely, we were the first ones. <laughs> I probably we might you know what we should look into swimming. <laughs> we should claim Oceanics as our uh, raft village title. <laughs> that, that's our intellectual property. <laughs> oh, I, I also looked into like oil platforms. Yeah, oil rigs. Those things are a feat of engineering because it's on pillars. Basically, they they make a platform that the legs of the oil platform would sit in. Uh huh. And then they sink that, and then they put the legs in with the platform on top. Hmm. And you can actually go down into the legs of the oil platform to the very bottom, to the ocean floor. Oh, really? Did you know that? I didn't know that at all. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's true for all of them, but you can, yeah, you can just take a lift all the way down. <laughs> 
take a little vacation. Is that where like they spend yeah. their work breaks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's like the lunch tables down at the ocean floor. <laughs> wow. No, but uh, I really want to go on an oil platform now <laughs> and explore. Um, okay, I think that's about all I got for floating cities. Man. We'll we'll link some of the stuff down below in the show notes. Yeah, I've got a I've got an article specifically that shows a bunch of these buildings that I talked about. Okay, okay. link that. Okay, so it'll be an easy scroll. Okay, great. Uh, before we end, we got to talk about the punishment. Yes. Um. So we had a write-in on our social media, which thank you to everyone who's still hanging out with us over there. Um, that's over, since we're talking about it, over at Learn Podcast, uh, wherever you enjoy your social media. So Instagram or Reddit or, uh, and Twitter. And Twitter. Yeah. So that's at Learn Podcast. And we had a write-in for this punishment and we thought it was funny. So we're going for it. The winner of this episode will get to choose a topic for the loser and the loser will have to write a three-page, double-spaced paper, uh, sources cited on yes. whatever topic the winner chooses for them. A nice bibliography at the end. <laughs> uh, you can choose yeah. MLA think... or APA, whatever you're feeling, but it has to be formatted correctly. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think if, you, if I win, I think I'm just going to have you do like a book report. I think I'm going to have you read like... <laughs> Uh, like of mice and men, or Holy Lord of the cow. Flies, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Spark notes. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. Okay, um, which moves us into why everybody should vote for me. First of all, because I've lost three in a row, and at this point, it's just getting ridiculous. Uh, so it's Josiah's turn to lose an episode and have to do a thing. Uh, and also, I just talked about. All the ways that people are designing buildings in super cool, crazy ways that just, you know, helps the environment and allows you to save money. And I think that that is really interesting. All the cool different buildings that we discussed. So vote for me. Um, and you should vote for me because I talked about floating cities and how we can uh, move forward as a species mm. and, 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 uh, and find new innovative ways for people to live and f how to thrive and do it in a way that is very sci-fi. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to mention your topic did sound pretty sci-fi in a cool way. These, yeah, these pictures of oceanics look very sci-fi. Mm. The, they're just like, mock-ups and renderings but they're cool looking. in 50 years whoever's listening to this podcast from oceanics from their oceanics home or in the oceanics coffee shop um thank you for listening and i hope it's as glamorous as we all expected back in 2020 <laughs> i was kind of thinking as i was researching this topic it's basically a combination of the two topics from last episode the future and deep dive. Whoa, you're right. I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Nice. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that brings us to the end of this podcast. Yes. Thank you for listening. I am going to choose a reviewer and send them a thing this this week. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, can you Google uh, random number generator? Yes. Out of 15. 15. Out of 15. That's awesome. Thank you guys for reviewing. If you haven't reviewed yet and you are a regular listener, it would be very helpful um, for you to leave a review for us. Uh, and the ne- random number generator said seven. So who's the lucky winner? Seven. Oh, <laughs> the, ra- <laughs> the winner is Mallory Fitzwater. Hey, that's Woo! I know her. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I promise that I did not just cheat and give a random thing to Mallory. <laughs> okay, so I'll send her something and uh it's going to be good. So uh <laughs> I hope she looks forward to it. Um, you know, I should probably ask. No, I'm just going to send it to her, whether she wants it or not. Yeah, she'll be, <laughs> she'll be fine. <laughs> but um, in the future, if I pick somebody that I don't know, I'll ask you before I send you a thing. Because yes. I need to know your address. So if you want a random thing or the possibility of winning someday a random thing, all you have to do is leave a review. And if you don't have enough time to leave a, f- a full review, why don't you just jump on and leave a rating? Push one of the stars. Yes, that is very helpful to us. And I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who has reviewed. And if you're listening, thank you. Yeah, 10 episodes in. So I, I just, it's like, it kind of is kind of crazy that people would listen to us for like an hour and a half. <laughs> just blab about stuff that we like researching. So I really appreciate it. And I enjoy doing this a lot. And it's, it's nice when people listen to it. It is yeah. nice. Let me read some fun facts really fast, since this is the 10th edition episode. Um, since we started our podcast, we have gotten over 1,500 downloads, which is just... That's pretty awesome. Insane. Thank you guys so much. And we have had listens from 25 countries on every continent but Antarctica, and that also is crazy. From the U.S., South Korea, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, the U.K., Germany, Ireland, Morocco, all over the place. 225 cities across the world. and uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Do you think we could get somebody from Antarctica to listen? Like some uh, scientist at a research station? We could look into sending some emails. It would be worth it to say we have <laughs> listens on every continent. <laughs> And from there, we could. I don't know if you could email astronauts, but we might look into the International Space Station, see if they'd give us a listen. Oh, I don't. Would it mark, mark it as a listen from space? I don't know. <laughs> Seems like a stretch, but we can give it a shot. <laughs> uh, our, my ultimate goal is to get a listen from the moon and a listen from Mars. Okay, yeah. So we'll have to wait for Mars, but yeah, I think, I think it's doable. Yeah. I think they have a Wi Fi out there. Uh, I think so. If not 5G, I heard it's everywhere now, so. Okay, yeah, 5G is <laughs> going to be everywhere, yeah. Okay, uh, thank you so much for listening. means a lot. Uh, go vote on social media or just the direct link 
uh, that we'll link below at Learn Podcast on Reddit, Instagram, and Twitter. And thank you for doing that. Yep. All right. Uh, Larry, play us out. <laughs>